0: hello everyone welcome to another episode of press play um we're just here vibing over zoom and we're glad to have you with us for this episode so to start off uh, i'm sarah and i'm one of the culture editors and feature editors at the mag
1: hi sorry (laughs) we both we both chose the exact same time to unmute after like 10 seconds of silence hi i'm josh i'm the executive editor
2: Hi, I'm Emily. I am one half of the music section editors and the lead and only copy editor.
3: Hey, I'm Julio. I'm the other half of the music section and the culture section.
0: Cool beans. So today we are just vibing and we're going to be chatting about our concert experiences before the world shut down. Chatting about that. So I guess the first question to everyone was, what was the last concert you ever went to? before the world changed
2: for me it was when harry styles played on the today show i actually got up with a couple of friends we left my house at like 2 30 in the morning we all drove in stood outside and it was great i mean we ended up leaving the spots we had to get closer to the stage and then they're like well you know you can't really stand on the sidewalk and watch so we literally walked the block to be able to hear it
1: i don't know about julia but i think my last concert or the one that i remember is the Tyler of a creator concert at Madison Square Garden in like September of 2019. Yeah, that was also my last concert. I
3: haven't been to one since.
1: And little did we know because that was like six months before everything completely, you know, just for real. Had um, I known, I would have gone to another one. Yeah, I would have bought the $20 <laughs> Igor wig that they sold in the merch stand without a question. For real,
0: The last concert I ever went to was Brockhampton in November of 2019 for their I think it was their Ginger tour and they ended up having uh, 100 Gex and Sotai as support which was a very interesting experience yeah honestly if I could have gone to one more concert it would have been O7O Shake because she's she's great and what what is like the one memory you guys have from that last concert if you remember the set or anything like that
2: I mean, besides the fact that all I could think about was how badly I had to pee because I didn't pee before I left. It was just really weird to see that many people like, you know how when like they show the Today Show concerts, it's like you see the stage and then the group across the street. We were the group across the street. So it was really weird to like be there. But like it was just so much fun. And I remember seeing him walk out in the Harry Styles cardigan that's all over TikTok now and being like, I'm gonna make that. Still working on it. But like that was just I miss it. I miss live music.
1: I feel like I think going to that concert cuz it involved you know like a 2 hour train ride into Penn Station that was like one of the last like normal like New York City experiences I have pre-pandemic um and just like sitting down in a restaurant afterwards it was a pretty shitty diner <laughs> right around there but still no the concert itself was huge and thanks to Julia Sort of letting us sneak into the slightly more expensive seats a little bit down uh, from
3: <laughs> the ones that we bought. When the actual owners of those seats finally showed up and we just kind of had to like double up per seat, that was <laughs> that was so awkward because in my head I wanted to like just go with the line be like, nah, these are our seats, like this is where we're supposed to be sitting. And then the usher kept walking up and down. I was just like, Fuh. like what's going to happen now? Or are they going to kick us out? But it wound up being a pretty great experience regardless. It was just hilarious because they arrived so much later than we had taken the seats, but very much worth it. And that diner was subpar. It was very much subpar. Yeah.
1: I was going to say, yeah, it was it was really impressive because it was like... Um, one of those shows that's that's really an experience and everything, you know, there's no band, there's no backing band. It's mostly just the visual effects, these giant sort of 3D models of um, his clones sort of marching in the background that I remember particularly. But yeah, there's there's a lot to remember about that.
3: And Jaden Smith brought out Willow Smith. Don't forget that. And Gold oh. Link opened. Wasn't a freaking Sway Lee there? Uh. um, ASAP Rocky was there asap rocky yeah that was his first showing after being locked up in sweden so that was the first time he had been on stage since his arrest and we were present for it so that was pretty epic and frank ocean showed up but didn't come on
1: stage <laughs> literally they, a few they put, <laughs> yeah they put the lyrics on the giant screen behind him but then he was just in the crowd.
0: that is great i feel like just going back to the whole food thing there's always something with getting food before or after a concert <laughs> The two central things I remember besides the concert itself is my friend was stuck at another train station for like a good hour or so while we were just going to hang out before the show. And I remember being like, oh, yeah, I definitely know who in Penn Station is going to this Rockhampton concert. You saw like kind of the E-girl fits and like the lanyards. I'm like, yep, there, there are the Rockhampton stands. I remember we had gone to a really nice place that's like a couple blocks from the theater. But it was freezing cold that day. <laughs> so we had to get food because we were just stuck in like the terminal by New Jersey Transit for some reason, just chilling out, looking at people, looking at the Krispy Kreme, like, are, are we going to get food? I think it was like a Tim Hortons or a Krispy Kreme that was there. But the concert itself was really interesting because we had nosebleed seats because the Mosh Moshfitt's known to be just insane and afterwards we learned that Paul Rudd I think someone was at the concert to go see Brockhampton like Paul Rudd of all people
1: isn't yeah isn't Paul Rudd like a secret Brockhampton well not really secret anymore but like a surprisingly avid Brockhampton yeah
0: he is he is and I think there was like there were a few celebrities that showed up to that show because I think I was there the Friday night And then they had another show at Madison Square Garden on the Saturday. So that Friday night show, I think, I want to say, was it either Eddie Murphy or Chris Rock? There was a famous comedian that that went to the Brockhampton show and Paul Rudd. And then Kevin Abstract posted a picture saying, yep, these are the two new members of Brockhampton.
2: I think what I miss the most is going to a show at Madison Square Garden. And then usually it's before the show, going to a Rose's in Penn Station and getting enough pizza to be like, I'm not going to buy food at the venue. I'm not going to buy food at the venue. And then running into little Walgreens in Penn Station a Dwayne Reed, one of the two and buying the biggest bottle of water because I'm not going to buy food. I'm not going to buy food. I'm not going to buy food. And just then sprinting to catch the train. Because I know when I go, I take the train back to Ronkonkoma, and you have five minutes and that is the only train until like two in the morning so you are sprinting and you're like I'll find you on the train and then just that relief of sitting in the train and then you're like huh then that post-concert depression hits and you're like all righty I guess I'm gonna drink my water and go to
0: sleep I miss that absolutely I remember one of my friends had thought of buying water I I was like you're gonna pay like six or ten dollars for water why is it so expensive because it had been so long since I'd been to a show and I remember just waiting for the train afterwards like a whole bunch of us piled back in the penn station and the train was delayed and so you know that LIRR thing where you wait for them to post it and there's like that just mad rush just this funnel of people going to that one tiny window <laughs> where the, the uh stairs to the track are I didn't get home till like 12 30 in the morning
1: I feel like now I'm doing that thing where I like reimagine it during COVID and <laughs> like that wasn't really that safe yeah COVID has permanently broken my brain so
2: I feel like the best naps ever are on the train back after a show, especially because, like, I'm always the last stop when I tra- take the train back. So I know I can just knock out and be fine. Like, stretching out and, like, once like, like, people start getting off and you have like the three seats to yourself, it's like, ah, yes, nobody look at me. I'm taking a nap now.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I passed out on the trip back. Yes.
0: I don't think <laughs> I had time to because my, my usual stop is like in the middle. So it's like if I miss it, I'm gonna end up somewhere very far from home. And my mom was like, "I'm not, I'm not gonna pick you up in in some random place. So make sure you don't miss your transit out." <laughs> what concerts would you guys look forward to once they become safe? Like top five artists that you have to see:
3: Anderson oh. Pack and Bruno Mars as Silk Sonic. That's the first one.
2: If Harry Styles Love on Tour ever gets. Rescheduled because I saw live on tour and that was a fucking show. It was so good. I had the most fun at that concert I've had in a while. But now that I can actually like buy drinks there, I feel like that just ups the game. And I'm so excited. He puts on such a good show. Plus, you know who doesn't want to shake their ass to Cherry and Cry?
0: I want to definitely see JPEG Mafia. JPEG Mafia is is musical therapy for me, (laughs) and just. He has such an energetic way of being on stage. It's just him, a few cents, and a computer. And somehow it's like just straight electricity in the room from what I've seen from different videos. So I think definitely JPEG Mafia first and then shake, because that was like one concert I had wanted to go to before everything shut down.
3: That reminds me. Once the weekend reschedules, I'm seeing him the one time he decided to come to New York. Why he has only one New York date, I don't know but he needs to fix it.
2: I think I'm more excited for music festivals to come back than anything because like I love a good festival. Like, yeah, it's always like abbreviated set list, but like I have so much fun. I see so many people I would never buy like an actual ticket to go see. Plus just like, I don't know, something about GovBall laying on the field where GovBall takes place and my overalls and the June sun just hit different. My soul felt alive. Like I miss that.
0: I've yet to go to a festival because I've really only done like Coachella live streams, but I think it would be really great. And this is the part where I definitely like, wow, I wish I could have gone at least work Tour or something before that shut down.
3: I remember we were supposed to go to Aussie Fest. I think summer 2018. No, it wasn't 2018. 2019. Yeah. But there was a heat advisory. It got. It literally got so hot they canceled the festival. And I mean, we had free tickets to there, like, press passes.
1: To be fair, Ozzy Fest is, isn't really a music festival. It's more like a people who think they're important talking festival in Central Park. You're
3: right. You're yeah, right.
1: But, I mean, I, there might have been a musician or two in there. I think Andrew Yang was going to be there. So we missed the Andrew Yang concert. He, he <laughs> the Andrew the Yang said.
0: Yang, Yang gang.
2: I just I don't know I miss the vibe of a concert like everybody's having the time of their life like I just I don't know I mean I'm also biased because the last one I went to I don't know if I should do this because it's kind of illegal but um
3: <laughs> whatever you're about to describe is probably legal now so
2: all right that's fair I um had an edible for breakfast and it hit me right as I got Ooh. to the festival and I was like my soul is not in my body don't look at me I am having the time of my life And then that's when I laid in the sun and I was like, I'm really happy I'm here right now.
0: I think definitely a year of lockdown, a year of the pandemic, the entire music industry, culture writers, everyone has had to adapt and figure out how are we going to make this work and live? So I think we've definitely seen the rise in concerts. I know a previous podcast episode, we've talked about virtual concerts, virtual live streams, And now it seems that those are definitely the norm. Artists can either charge for them make them free a much nicer price than a stadium show ticket so have you guys gone to any virtual concerts virtual shows presentations
3: nope
2: um besides those ones that they would air on tv where it's like let's come together like in the beginning of the pandemic no because they make me really sad because i'm like huh and then i think about the fact that i'm like this could have been live and then i just get really sad
1: because I was home and my family would watch those kind of like compilation, like very, they're very scripted, they, they kind of have a formula to them. Um, it was kind of like cope directly into my veins type stuff. And it felt like, I don't know, there, it, was, it was therapeutic in a sense, even though it was kind of like predictable, formulaic, you'll see stuff and you'll know.
0: I think I've seen a few, like, in terms of like you know, the stuff that they would air on TV. And then I am like, oh, this is so cool. And then you'll see the singer like without a mask, and then it'll pan to an instrumentalist, and they have a mask, and you're like, oh, back to reality. I think really only virtual thing, um, Brockhampton had a virtual release show for their most recent album that dropped on Friday, Roadrunner and New Light, New Machine, and they filmed it over at Rick Rubin Shangri-La Studios in Malibu, California and it was it was pretty good they're they're well known for like their tour graphics and having lots of different moving parts so i think it definitely worked out well for them i mean it opened up with one of the singers on a horse there was a live band it was great it was really nice and it's a good probably like hour and a half show with some fan favorites and some of the new tracks mixed in.
1: unrelated but did you know rick rubin's actually like an alt right alex jones guy wait what <laughs> i have i have information that I'm not gonna disclose, but yeah.
0: That is an interesting turn of events there. That's really interesting. It's sort of like that thing where I, I watched Frasier for three months straight, all 11 seasons, only someone from the Kelsey Grammer is a Trump supporter. Just the most unlikely things.
1: It's kind of like a separate the art from the artist type thing.
0: Definitely. Julio, any thoughts on this?
3: Oh, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me I, at this point some people's political ideology is going to determine whether or not I interact with their work, no matter in what capacity they have work or create art. So when I find random shit out like that, I'm like, damn, you used to be cool. And then I just kind of deuce it up because what's good with you? I can't listen to these lyrics in good conscience and like enjoy them. Like, no. Especially if you pander to specific audiences, if your politics says otherwise, I can't I can't mess with you. That's a moral thing for me.
0: Definitely. I feel like over the past year especially with the different protests and just being more accountable and holding artists accountable for just various things that they've done or how they carry themselves I think that's an important thing to note as well that in today's world we have to make those distinctions in terms of okay well am I really going to support you if you say that you're You know, if you're a feminist, you support different um, causes, but you're not living it. Well, there's definitely a disconnect that needs to be addressed.
1: (laughs) You could say this about pretty much anything, but especially now, everything's online. That's that's a take that's been repeated like numerous times, but like it's still true. It it remains true that when everything is like spun up by the fact that it's online, and you're constantly, you know, on social media more than you're interacting with actual people you know, people can tend to expose their innermost selves to the outside world. And that's kind of what creates that that cycle.
3: Like the lady who lost her job on The Mandalorian, like uh, you work for Disney, you know, at least on the PR front, Disney cannot align with your personal beliefs. Why speak on them at all? She just lost a job that probably would have fed her and her family if I lost a Disney gig. No words. <laughs> No words, I would be beyond upset. And all because she couldn't shut up, like seriously. Okay. She's making a movie with Ben Shapiro though, so. That doesn't surprise me.
2: Whenever I hear Ben Shapiro, all I think about is the conspiracy theory that he was one of the um, people in the Capitol that stole AOC's shoes.
0: Anytime I think of Ben Shapiro, I just think of all the memes that happened when he tried to respond when WAP came out. Like, let's just talk about that for a second right wing dissent on pop culture and music which we've seen especially with uh Lil Nas X's video as a, a nice little segue there
2: I feel like they get all mad about it but like I think I sent Julio this meme where it's like I can't hit my, have my kids watching that like if you watch South Park in the early 2000s you literally see Satan sleeping with Saddam Hussein like I, <laughs> South Park in its own is a whole other I don't want to say enigma, but it's a whole own other category.
1: The idea that there's like some standard of of art in terms of morality, and then anything below it is falling into degeneracy is like a thing that's existed for pretty much ever. And I mean, especially now, it's kind of a distraction from actual dealing with actual material issues.
0: So, for those of you time travelers, um, back in the in our day, <laughs> Lil Nas X is a famous rapper uh, from. You know, the classic uh, song, Old Town Road. Uh, he puts out a video for his song, "Calling By Your Name. Um, and it discusses his sexuality. And I think like a fling he had with someone and wanting to be like, you know, acknowledged, I- I'd say. I hope I'm not interpreting that wrong. But the most flack he gets is for the video, which has a whole bunch of amazing outfits, a whole bunch of like, just very high production video. But, you know, there's also the part where he gives the devil a lap dance and takes the devil's crown and defeats the devil. Um, So that had a lot of backlash from, uh, you know, Christian pundits, right-wing media figures, and even politicians, to which Lil Nas X, who's known to be a Barb and also just master of the internet, you know, put him in their place. And it's, it's caused a lot of conversation. In addition, there's something about, like, him collaborating with some brand over shoes that had like a drop of human blood mixed in somewhere and there was a pentagram on the shoe they got dubbed the satan shoes y'all i don't know
2: (laughs) i mean i think my favorite right wing media that came out of it was Caitlin Bennett, and for those of you time travelers who don't know who Caitlin Bennett is, she is the Kent State gun girl who took her senior pictures on her campus with an assault rifle, and she also shit herself at a party, so she gets called poopy pants, but said something about it, and Lil Nas X did fire back, and at one point, she made some comment, like, do you still see your dad, and he quoted the tweet, and put, yeah, and I might go see you, and I might go see yours, like, I might go fuck you, or something like that, that was just truly the cherry on the Sunday for me, that I was like, I love this, I'm thriving. I'm chaotic. I love this.
0: Absolutely. And I think just for me, being a Christian, also wanting to be a music critic, it's been a really interesting place to be in. Um, I don't think that some of the anger is correct from the Christian community. Like, we're not the audience that this song is being marketed to. And I understand, you know, morals, you don't want your kids to be exposed to certain things. But if you're a parent and you don't want your kid to listen to a certain song, you're within your right to do that. Um, you don't got to get angry. If I recall correctly, our Christian, Christians are supposed to, you know, spread love. And also, of course, yes, there's things that we're, they're not going to agree with. But it's not a place to judge because we mess up as people too. There's a really great TikTok from a guy named cross-cultured Christian. And he talks about like, well, how are you guys going to get angry at Lil Nas X? Are you guys practicing what you preach? Are you showing love to people? are you even thinking about the people who have been hurt or traumatized from the church, maybe on basis because they're LGBTQ or just something might have happened to them while they're in the church and they have a very different view of church now than, than what you do. So I think that's an important thing that Christians should take into account. But as a music critic, it's a really catchy song with a video that you're never going to forget. So there's that too.
2: <laughs> I also feel like um, the parents that are angry about it, like you are the parent you are supposed to, like you can control what your children see like my brother and sister like when WAP came out my brother loves Megan Thee Stallion he's like I don't do rap but I like my girl Megan that's like his guilty pleasure we were like look you can listen to any other song for us but you cannot listen to that song easy peasy same thing with Call Me by Your Name by Lil Nas X my sister was asking about it and my mom was like look you can listen to the song but you cannot watch the video you know so it's like as parents you do have to like be like hey like you can't do it but like kids are kids they're gonna see shit they're not supposed to but like you can't blame everyone else and be like oh you can't like be a parent say no set boundaries and that is my soapbox today on that
0: exactly I mean even just for us growing up there's definitely pop culture moments that ruffled our parents feathers as well and we still we ended up okay we ended up okay I mean, some of us have been on Quotep and Tumblr and seen some of the things we've seen. Probably not, but hey, we ended up okay for the most part. So it's like, we also have to recognize that this video sits in a lineage of music and pop culture moments that use religious imagery. It's not anything new and kind of invert it or use it for whatever purpose they want to use it for artistic purpose or, you know, to provoke. Art and music is about causing conversation, expressing things, so... Can't get too mad.
2: Yeah, I
1: guess we're just fortunate that this is just happening in kind of the sphere of public approval, or the sphere that that conservative right wing reactionaries are creating to be kind of that sphere. Using a lot of spheres, but think, going back to like in the 1980s, the kind of conversations that were happening around like devil worship and music and backmasking and like hidden messages and all that kind of stuff. You know, that was happening in a very legal sense. And in a way that actually you know was could be considered repressive of speech you know that's not really happening at the moment and hopefully won't in the near future but you never know we might have another let's invent a new parental advisory sticker that that goes on before every satan worshiping video from now on
2: was that nancy reagan's doing i mix up who um i think it was
1: a- tipper gore Al gore's wife
2: i know it was some old white lady um yeah. yep Even though we can't say you can't do it because America has many flaws, but alas, you can't say, oh, you can't do that because I don't like it. Like freedom of speech. Technically, I guess it falls under that. I don't really know. Everyone has the right to do what they want. I mean, boomers will go nuts for Highway to Hell by ACDC, but you know, Lil Nas X gives Satan a lap dance and sings about how, you know, he's gay and they're like, ah, the world's ending. So, I mean, hypocrites, beggars can't be choosers.
1: No, Satan's, Satan has to be your dude. He can't be, he can't be gay. He can't want to fuck Satan. He has to be one of the, one of the boys.
0: On this note, what is your favorite controversial piece of music?
2: Um, I think I would definitely do my brother a disservice if I didn't bring up Erotica by Madonna.
0: Because, hello. I don't
2: know, there's just something about her just like being like, all right, like, girls like sex. Let's go. That's kind of dope.
0: For me, I'm going to say it's a tie between these two very diametrically opposed songs, "Heartshaped Boxed by Nirvana and SNM by Rihanna. Here's why. We had no business singing this song as a kid, but still it's just one of those songs that like, you're gonna remember it as like a kid growing up in the 2000s where you probably don't know what you're saying till later, but it's still like one of those nostalgic things And also I'd say Heart Shaped Box because the video, I remember watching it on my TV and being like, this is really weird, but really cool. Don't know what's going on. In classic Nirvana fashion, you don't really know what the lyrics are, but somehow it still has like an emotional impact. So I can imagine a lot of parents were pretty pissed off when that video dropped.
2: If I can add on, I'm really mad that the original version of Lady Gaga's Do What You Want had R. Kelly because that song slap but it's like i'm not listening to it because it has r kelly and r kelly's a piece of shit now that christina Aguilar is on it's like okay I, like, i'll listen to it, but like that was such a vibe like her art pop era was so great and then it was just like oh, you had to use r kelly out of everyone under the sun it had to be r kelly
0: and now i know emily we talked about songs that we have on rotation those four songs they get us through what songs are either in your on repeat playlist from spotify What new projects are we listening to as we come to a close? What are you looking forward to music wise?
2: Um, So I've adapted this new thing where every morning on my way to work, I just blast very loudly Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. (laughs) If anyone needs to know what 730 in the morning looks like in my car, it is me doing 65 on nickels, just viciously vibing out.
1: do you do you take a whiskey drink, and then a lager drink, and then a cider drink, and then several other drinks with you at 7.30 a.m.? Um, it's
2: a whiskey drink, he drinks a vodka drink, he drinks a lager drink, he drinks a cider drink, that is my, I hate to say that it's like a flex, when we first played it, like my mom was like, I remember being in college, and this song would come on in the club, and for reference, the club was a shitty dive bar or a frat basement, she goes, and everyone would just lose their shit, and I'm like... I understand it but so yeah, my mom's like I always forget the drinks and I'm just sitting here like I know all the drinks but I don't know I think especially like working in retail especially now that I'm kind of like HBIC somewhat at guest service it's like you get so much shit when you work in retail but it's like you know what I'll get knocked down but I get up again um also I've been listening to a lot of mother mother thanks to TikTok I've been really vibing with burning pile because you know who doesn't vibe with burning pile and then you know my good old buddy Corpse, who my mom said, I don't know, I know that you listen to this kind of music. It's kind of scary. Like Daywalker came on, she's like, "Can we skip this?" She's like, "Is this Machine Gun Kelly?" I was like,
0: "Yeah, it Let's. <laughs> I'll go next. I have, it's a really weird mix. Zach Fox, who is the star of one of the best songs in existence, Jesus, the one I got depression. Has a really great song called I Hate You Too, a Little Digger. And it's just the video, no, there's no video for it, but the lyrics are just so bizarre and catchy <laughs> that it makes you laugh, but it's also like a really fun song. Leo Season by Late China, that song was just really fun, kind of edgy, kind of, you know, good old bad bitch vibes. And finally, I would also say Booker T by Bad Bunny. I started working in the kitchen of my local fast food job and because of that i've listened to a lot more like spanish music which is latinx music and reggaeton and booker t by bag Bunny is a theme song a hype song will be my song of the summer it is fantastic
3: the song that i've been currently rotating the most is uh, footsteps in the dark by the isley brothers because that song is timeless I, I
1: think I'm kind of like an album person just generally because it gives order and structure and I need to do things in an obsessive, orderly way. So the Brockhampton album, since it came out, slowly working my way through that one. You, gotta, you know, you got to play it enough times that you're familiar with how each thing sounds. St. Vincent is coming out with a new album. She was on SNL last week. It's kind of like a 70s throwback like Julia was talking about, except it's kind of like revisionist history, I guess, in a way, because she's like reinserting herself into that kind of 70s songwriter, kind of like glammy kind of sound.
0: Yeah, I don't really have anything music people that I'm looking forward to so far. Since the broadcast album came out, I've just been like listening to that. I've yet to listen to Chica's new project, but uh, yeah, just trying to see whatever comes out comes out. Also,
1: um, random thought to throw in there. One of the one of the more interesting concert experiences also one of my last, because it was in the year before COVID in 2019, um, seeing Thundercat live and having Zach Fox as the opener, but it was it was at the Blue Note in Manhattan. So <laughs> a very, very white audience, uh, as you can imagine, not exactly primed for his, his stand-up material, and that's what he was doing. So I would say interesting. <laughs> Maybe not his target audience, especially this was pre-Jesus is the One, so... Yeah, that was something.
0: Every time I scroll through Twitter and I find a Zach Fox TV, I, I immediately log off because I'm like, dang, this man lives out of pocket all the time, 24-7. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that about sums up all our thoughts on pop culture and things that are happening at the moment. So to all you time travelers, thank you for listening to us in whatever time you're in and the world's around. How are you doing? I hope you're vibing. To those within the present time of 2021 and onward, thank you for listening. So I guess everyone can just go around and say, like, you know, promo our socials and all those different things. And Josh, I think we have a new issue out, right?
1: Yes, we do. It has a skeleton on the cover. I can't show you since this is audio only, but I'm going to sh- hold it in the Zoom for the purposes of me doing that. It's I've, very nice.
2: I've unofficially named him Mr. Bone Jangles, if anyone <laughs> Mr.
1: Bone Jangles, yes. I mean, he's got he's got a chain kind of, like, stuck in him, so that's all really
2: jangles
1: cool. out if, if there's a lot of skeleton related stuff on campus you'll know it's him because of the giant chain through his eye but yeah new issue out we're going to try to do one more before the semester ends and hopefully be back in person in the fall our socials are sb press on twitter the sb press on instagram the stony brook press on facebook if anyone really wants to find us on facebook uh, sbpress.com is where you can find pretty much anything related to us and our issues are available on campus in print as well as digitally on issue.com sbpress which is issuu.com slash sbpress so if everyone wants to shout out their own personal
3: hey y'all feel free to follow me on instagram or twitter julio j-u-l-i-o underscore taku t-o-k-u Feel free to also join my, well, subscribe to my podcast across the mic with Julio Taku. If you want to write for us, please reach out to any of the members on here. And yeah, just keep on fighting the good fight, wear a mask, sanitize your hands, and Black Lives Matter today, tomorrow, yesterday, forever.
2: I guess if you want to follow my Instagram, it's Emily scott e-m-i dot l-y-s-c-o-t-t like the toilet paper brand i mean i'd give my twitter but it's kind of boring but my personal twitter is a real fun time and that is at local by tourists give me a follow tell me you came from this and then watch me just shit post my entire life for everybody to see because i am not real amazing
1: also my handle everywhere is sir josh joseph because i was an edgy 13 year old once and then i gave up
2: we stand all the edgy former usernames in this house.
0: So y'all? My Twitter, if I remember it correctly, is Sarah Beckford5. It's B-E-C-K-F-O-R-I-D. And it's Sarah with an H. My music blog, which is sort of half alive, is Sounds Like Infinity on Tumblr. Check out the author page for me on the Stoingwood Press. Come join the press. We'd love it if you join. we love it here. We have great vibes. And I will always check your vibe with a pop culture reference and a joke. So join us. And we thank you for hanging out with us on this episode of Press Play. And stay tuned for more Black Lives Matter. Please drink water and keep on vibing.
2: All of us saying join us kind of has the same energy of the twins and the shining when they're like, come play with us, Danny. <laughs> it's like, it makes us sound like we're a cult. I mean,
0: we have a presence. We do.
1: We, we kind of have the thing going on.